Lawson Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins, straight thugging, living the dream. And that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head that makes you laugh. Woohoo! <laughs> they said it can't be done. Are we in the same seats? That's hack. Oh, muggles. Accidental rib job in the park. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Or am I just being cynical? Just muggled it up on fucking Mugglepedia. Where have you been since 9 11? Hello, the podcast was late. The reason the podcast was late is because we were at a wedding, which we'll discuss in a second, but I made the call last night that I'd much rather give you a good podcast late than a shite one on time. And if you have a problem with that, remember this is a free podcast and you can quietly go fuck yourself. And I mean quietly. You've got neighbours, show some respect. (laughs) We've slept. I I slept and it's fucking wiped me out. We've we've pretty much partied non-stop since July. Aye. Because we had the stag do's. Multiple stag do's, and then the fringe, and then, then the you, wedding, and then the tour, and then the tour, and then now, uh, which included a couple of weddings. We we get a lot, of, a lot of weddings. Man, it's because we're the well, first I mean, one of them. I ran. <laughs> we're we are some of the best guests did. at weddings. We have really good wedding guests. We are. We get obnoxiously drunk. We make it all about us. Like I definitely want us to be at a wedding. Aye. Um, because Nat, Natalie always like gets a little bit concerned when I hit a tipping point. Right. I was going over the edge. I remember it was in Bruce's wedding last week. A guy goes to us and is like, Natalie, what we need is a safe word so that if you think I'm going over the top and I'm going a bit too far, you've got a safe word that you say and when I hear it, I know that I'm absolutely crushing it <laughs> and I'm having a belter. <laughs> That's what you want. Right. I'm behaved at a wedding. I know the, yeah, because I've been to, the last two weddings I've been to, obviously, was yours and then Brett and Mary's. And uh, I don't have any other ones lined up but I'm worried that I'm going to end up going to like a non-comedian one yeah and and that's not necessarily a bad wedding but I also mean just in the sense that the guests there are going to be non-comedians so I'm going to have nobody to roast the wedding with like every <laughs> wedding I've been every single wedding I've been to all I've done is sat beside another comedian and just roasted the entire event under our breath despite its perfection <laughs> so, yeah it can be the greatest wedding of all time in fact it, it, I have been to two of the greatest weddings of all time but you bet your ass every single second I spent talking about the side of my mouth just being like who books this <laughs> just yeah. shit it, little jokes and you, you, you don't want to be at a wedding where the the most it's going to get pushed outside of you is somebody wearing a tie around their head oh, I, <laughs> like that, that's usually the limit oh fucking Darren's gone too far <laughs> we, go. we were already obnoxiously drunk by the time of the dinner and the speeches and uh, Brett Vincent who is our lifelong podcast listener of ours and is Dumb bitch wife, man. And he, he, he shouted muggins and cream out on his groove speech. But yeah, no, no, but not, not in a shout out. But because he shut us up, he was he was thanking everyone for coming to the wedding and just going through a long list of people who absolutely deserved. I prize. mean, on an event of that magnitude, there's a lot of people to a thank. A lot of people right, to thank. Yeah. And but he just kept going. He didn't oh. want to miss anybody, like I did. <laughs> He just kept going, I think I'm missing someone. So it started off as a private joke. Every every time he was like, I'd like to thank, and then I'd put my hand on your knee, and then it wouldn't be our name, and we go, no, I mean, we'll be next. And then the next one wasn't us, and we just got more drunk and more caught up in the bit. But that by three minutes into it, he's going, I know I'm forgetting someone. We're still and, point at and we're still three tables back. <laughs> and he just looks over at us and just goes, not you, cunt. Which cunt. to me... It was all the family... <laughs> Extended family. We are so annoying. And then, uh, and then it was like the fourth time around where we're like, part of the was like, fucking not muggins and cream. We're like, yes, he said the names. So uh, I think we should start off this uh, podcast by apologising to both Brett and Matty for, for being legends. <laughs> sorry for making your special day, read your ear quotes, uh, not about us. I think it's a bit. That was a proper boozy wedding, wasn't it? That was, yeah, my I my job at my job at one p.m. was to hand out mini bottles of Jaeger for the two minute walk people oh, had no. to the next. And venue. I was doing one for you, one for me when I was handing them out. Fuck! I was fuck you. <laughs> what? You weren't doing mine. I was handing them. No, I mean one. Oh, for, right. uh, no, no, I meant like I was. Oh, had, so you left paranoid. Paranoid. You, you left halfway through your shift. Tell about. I just, I just, I handed them out. To the, you left two minutes into. I ran out because for everyone I gave out, I took. The, yeah, there was still <laughs> another pile. Uh, I ended up with pockets full and started dishing them out at the uh, dinner as well. Because um, it was like because I know all weddings are boozy weddings, right? right? But um, 
This one was. Oh, some of them like are. Last time I went um, Bruce's wedding, it was a boozy wedding, but there was so much food, right. like so much that you were just a bit full to get your full potential of drunk, which was great. It was like a foodie wedding, right. loads of delicious horses and stuff. But um, this one was there was them shots. Uh, I know everyone has the favors on the table, mm. and like half were Jaeger and half were tequila. Tequila. Right, and nobody seemed to want that tequila one, so they just kept appearing in my face all the time. Anybody that had a tequila one, right. like presented it was a bit later, like, do you want this? And fuck me, I had so many tequilas on top of the Jaegers. Aye. I got absolutely mullered on all the uh, Jaegers, all the other Jaegers. Uh, and people kept buying me drinks, and then there was wine at the table along with fucking Prosecco. But you do get weddings that are not fucking boozy. Like, I've been to weddings where they're like, we're not getting drunk, and I'm like, oh, you might not be getting drunk. But you have no right to ever tell. The reason you're not getting drunk is because you're a shit drunk, right? And you're bad, and you've been told off for being drunk before. All I ever get told off, the only time I ever get told off for being drunk is people go, "You're drunk," and then I go, "How, how do you know?" And they go, "You're being nice to me," and I go, "Oh, well, that's not." <laughs> <laughs> that's when you. That's when you go over the top. Yeah, that's when oh, I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, all right, hold on, hold that on. That is Mullery. Start being lovely. All right, now that you mentioned it, I walk up back. Give you some bread. I'm going to call your mama cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and, uh, because it was in Galway as well, it's an island, mm. it was just like compulsory to get straight on the Guinness. So before it even got to the ceremony, like I'd buried so many pints of Guinness. Mm. And as well, most weddings have an end point when the club bar shut yeah. or the nightclub shut. This had a lock in. Yeah, this went from. Uh, uh... This had like a full complement of the party lock in, not just like a handful of people that were left. No, no, no. Like, like the whole party. We knew a guy in uh, Ireland, Kev Healy, runs... What, now you're going to snitch, are you? Aye, absolutely. <laughs> Went to his lovely bar. He looked after us all evening. He also gave them the Spiegel tent. He's a very, very generous man. And we ended up... I, I went to bed at about, I think, five or six yeah. in the morning. And then... You went to bed at what, two? Nah, that was about half three. Right. Half three it was half three when I went back, but it was, uh, yeah, I was, like, we was lucky it was there all night. I was bed by three. Fucking want to snitch. But um, it was, uh, that, that was done by, because it was like, when, when it was eight o'clock in the day, everyone was fucking 4 a.m. drunk. Oh, man, in the day. when somebody, was, when, when somebody told me it, it was half past eight, I had a real panic to myself. <laughs> I was like, I am, because I'm 3 a.m. drunk right now. Yeah. It can't be... So by midnight, she was like wanting to call it. Like mm. she'd been on it since like because that she was in the bridesmaid party, so they were getting ready. At, like I think it was like nine o'clock in the morning. She left. I, mm. I think I went out for about eleven. She was out at nine, so she was drinking. I, I mean, they ran out of prosecco by eleven o'clock when we went out. Yeah, because they ran out of prosecco and we had to make a prosecco delivery. Yeah. to the to the bride party, so they were fucked. Right, and by midnight, she was wanting to go home because obviously she. I say obviously she doesn't do the marching powder. Right. So that that definitely keeps you in the game when you're shot after. Shot after shot. The great equaliser. Yes. Um, but I managed to like press snooze on her for three and a half hours. You knocked her out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Three and a half hours just down for. <laughs> I was starting to worry. Check the pulse twice. This is, this is the second time in five podcasts that you've talked about punching your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I believe just a little PSA don't punch your loved ones what can I say she's from Glasgow hi she can take a punch (laughs) (laughs) but you can't handle a punch so she was she was knocking by with me she was good and then I fucking took a while to recover from big travel day the next day but we had to my parents drove us down to Dublin airport where we slept the whole car journey and then we had to get a flight from there to because for some reason there is not a direct flight from Shannon to uh, Estonia, which is weird. Yeah. Right, I, one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most common trade routes. Yep. Makes no sense. How do all the businessmen? Because at this point, the, like... The, Celtic-Baltic deals? Yeah, Celtic-Baltic, first of all, one of the strongest uh, unions, I think, in historic years. At this point, because a couple of years ago there was talks about them just doing a motorway between the two. Mm-hmm. They used to call that the Silk Road. <laughs> Before the dark web arrived and they made it all for drugs. <laughs> Um, so it's also like a bit of a two day session as well wasn't it because everyone arrived the day before oh man which mate. we cracked the shittest joke right <laughs> the shittest joke with the most effort right that had absolute shit no response returns. diminishing returns and then matured 
at around about midnight. It was uh, all worthwhile. Yeah. So basically, we thought there was just a casual sort of dinner the night before, just meeting everyone, you know, meeting the friends and the family, the ones you might not know. Just a lovely sort of casual meal. Like a meal where you don't make an order, not an a la carte, just different courses come. Yeah. You, you can just pick and choose what you want. Everyone gets to know each other, yeah. and it's and it's strictly, strictly very, very casual. A lovely venue, like a, a wheelhouse. Yeah. Like um, you get the stream running underneath it, and you can see all the windows. Just real old school, beautiful. Remember, it's just let's go be, let's go casual tomorrow's the day we all dress up me and Kai thought it'd be funny because we were drunk by 4pm that uh, if we both fully suited up in our full fucking suits dressed for the wedding dressed for the wedding and then just pretend all night thinking we thought it was the, pretending we thought it was the wedding so we go and people go why are you not in your suit and we go like why, wait, why are you in your suit and we go why are you not in your suit the wedding's tonight and they go the wedding's tomorrow and we go what well, that's I- the whole joke that is the whole joke. The joke is just going, what? The whole joke is not the wedding. Right. Nobody enjoyed the joke, no matter how many times we did it. Yeah, people were starting to get bored of us doing it, the new people that arrived. Yeah, because they saw... Because they'd heard it three or four times already. Yeah, they heard it, didn't laugh at it. I had one about four hours later where someone overheard it, Charlotte. Right. Um, and she came up and just went, are you still doing that joke? Like, if it was like bothering her. <laughs> You're like, I can't. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take the suit off. I have to like, undress from the joke. Yeah, you yeah. don't understand. Like, if I take my clothes off, people are going to be like, why are you naked? I'll be like, it's my birthday suit, right? It's a separate joke and it could work, but there's kids nearby. And it shows so much defeatism if you go, if someone's like, why are you in your suit? And you're like, oh, I put it on as this joke. You've got to go, I put it on because it's the wedding. Right. But then it matured so very, very beautifully when our good friend uh, Ricketts, uh, named after the affliction he was born with, um, he arrived later on, and we, did, we watched him on Friend Finder. Yeah, we started him on Friend Finder, and then decided to go outside to pretend to have like a cigarette while he arrived. When he turned up in casual, in a fleece, in a fleece, like you wearing a fleece. We we're like, mate, what are you doing? He's like, what? We're like, it's a black what? tie event. It's a black tie event. He's like, it's a, I members, it's a, it's a members club. And he's like, it's, it's absolutely not. I'm like, mate, why would we be in our suits? If this wasn't a black tie, you think we're two idiots that just put on our suits like, oh, as a no joke? Told me, it's like, I mean, it's even it's pointless me even coming back out if I go and get changed. It's oh. already midnight, and oh, if I go back, I might as well just stay in. Right. <laughs> then Brett comes upstairs. Now Brett is actually wearing a shirt, but it could, it clearly he's wearing a shirt in the way that it could easily uh, be concluded that uh, his suit jacket's downstairs and he's taking he's his time. He's the host. Yeah, he was the host, right? So he comes upstairs and Brett immediately joins in on the bed and goes, Craig, what have you done? Like, did you not get the... You're going to start... He's like, you'll be allowed in, but you'll stand out like a sore thumb. Aye. So Craig is real, real embarrassed and then goes, okay, here's your suit jacket to Kai because Kai's fire than I am. Uh, and that'll fit him. And then uh, takes my tie uh, and then and just ties it he wasn't his, wearing a shirt either he's just, just like just, oh, I'll just look smart casual right. <laughs> but like he meant it it wasn't like oh I'll put this tie on on my but t-shirt he, as a joke he was like oh I'll put this jeans suit jacket and tie uh, blend in combo that was my favourite bit was when he put the tie on he put the tie on around his head he's like maybe I'll just wear it like this and I very sincerely went absolutely totally. he was like no 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 I wouldn't want to ruin it <laughs> <laughs> and then he went down and just it was a bit thick but exactly. even then even then that joke not worth Wasn't two worth hours it. we spent getting ready yes uh, um, and then uh, there was a funny one because I was mullered by the time that happened with Ricketts right and um, I went to put, <laughs> I went to put the tie back on so I put my suit jacket back on put the tie back on put my collar up and asked Natalie to fix me up and she started fixing me up and I went to tuck in the back of the tie and realised I was already wearing a tie and then realised you had lent yeah. me the tie not yeah. me so when I got my stuff back I was putting on a tie that wasn't mine on top of a tie. Right? tie. And I asked Natalie to help me put the tie on. And she just done it, even though I already had a tie on. And then when I noticed it, I went, I wear two ties. She went, yeah. And I was like, well, I, th- I thought this was my tie. She was like, oh, I thought you were doing one of your pointless bits. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, name once. I've done one of my, po- okay, apart from this one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um... And then I was at the bar later on, and Natalie got me. Natalie and uh, Kira got me because I was. Um, I don't. I just ordered me Natalie and Kira drinking you, and um, and then Brett come along, and I, I was like, "Oh, I've just missed the order. What did you want?" And he said, "An old fashioned." And then immediately after that, I took a phone call, and then when the barmaid came back, I I didn't. I couldn't remember what he ordered. I went, what did he order? He said old fashioned, but old fashioned what? Right, it's not just a drink. It's called old fashioned. And then one of them just had a glint in their eye, and they both had like one of telepathic oh, connection. Right. They just went, but you've got to specify the gender of it. I was like, what? He was like, well, it's a different drink for a girl and it's for a bloke, so you've got to get him like a gender specific. An old fashioned man. Yeah, and I, I just went to what I asked for. She just went to see a man or woman. Depends what you want to old get. Old fashioned man holds open doors, and an old fashioned woman has a hairy fanny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I know he hasn't got a hairy fanny. Yeah. He shaves his fanny. So uh, I just turned to the barber and I went, "Can I have an old fashioned man, please?" <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thinking. <laughs> He's like, 
Steve! Steve, you've pulled! <laughs> I know you've only just got over Deborah's death. That happened five years ago, but finally, as a young man here, he's clearly got the eyes for you. He comes out in a tweed suit, twirling his moustache. Did somebody order an old-fashioned gentleman? Guilty! <laughs> Yeah, or an old-fashioned man. Right. And then the old-fashioned woman comes out and calls you both faggots. <laughs> <laughs> because she's old-fashioned, and old-fashioned people are homophobes. Yes. It was um, it was a very nice wedding. I I can't remember much of it, to be honest with you. I remember our game, if you followed us on Instagram. We had flower crowns on yet again. Always. Full wedding. Got to look beautiful. And we played a game called Baptize a Baby, which is where you steal a toddler. <laughs> you, you, steal, you steal a child under the age of two. You steal their toy baby. And then you just ram that baby's head into... Anything wet. Anything wet that's not yours, other, that other people are drinking or eating. And you just shout baby baptism. It needs to and be really, intrusive. Yeah, really yeah. intrusive, really rude. Uh, people don't laugh at it that much except for you two. Well, uh, one, they're not laughing because you've just put uh, a, a plastic toy soaked in child saliva in the food. Oh, oh <laughs> and, and all of the previous drinks that you shoved that toy head into. Yes. Just like making a little... But you know what it is? Have good friends that aren't uptight. Yeah. That's probably the best way. All right. Can you imagine if you just been at a wedding doing that and somebody looking at you being like, you've ruined my day. I'm like, I'll fucking ruin it further, you can't. You know that um, ruin, ruin your day thing? Like, it was, uh, this is what I realised about most people's weddings, is um, the photographer sent back our photos for, for the Ibiza wedding and um, there were so many outtake photos in there of we just looking daft. There's one of like I put one I put on Instagram of Natalie, Natalie looking at me like really in love and longingly and me just looking like a, I was mid sneeze. And, uh, and he left that in. He was like, "I love the photographer. Went, I love that I could leave those photos in right. because he's he's all like relaxed and laid back. You wouldn't believe how many people whose weddings like to believe that nobody blinked, right. nobody went slack jaw. Everyone, every hair was in place the whole time, and you have to like narrow it down like a bunch of good photos that make it a live event and make it like, yeah, yeah, a, make it real fun and make it real. And they just want to narrow it down to the most boring, sensible fuck all happened. But everyone, just, can, look- you, can you cut out the ones of everyone laughing, please? I don't want people to think we had fun there. Yeah. No, no, I want it to be real. Trivialise, oh, trivialise is the special moment. The, the photographer at Brett and Marley's wedding. He was had a- never met a child in his life. He was he'd, a drill sergeant. He'd never met any child under the age of 10, right? They were doing all the photos. Now, I'm not a photographer, and I'm not claiming to know how to do a photographer's job, right? I know it's very, 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 very hard to be a photographer. But I have, in my life, on my time on this planet, met children before. And I understand, it would at least be my theory, that if you're organising a wedding photo, what you do is you get all the grown-ups in there first, because grown-ups understand the concept of stay still for more than two seconds. Right? And toddlers do not. What I would not do personally is get all of the children and be like, here's how you line up. Now you stay there for five minutes and don't get distracted by this highly engaging event of all these people. Yeah, and all this love. social stimulation. Oh man, he's just like, can somebody get the baby to stay still? And everyone's going, it's a fucking baby. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, hold on. And then there was a bit where he bust, he bust me to do something. He was like, hey, get down there. We're going to take the photo down there. But I was the first person he'd done yet mm. right like um, he was trying to get the group photo but he instantly went in with this is the tenth time I've told you oh, right. but for the first time he told you I mean it was effective <laughs> he got shit done <laughs> but uh, it was quite comical but uh, I did realise he had, he had a bit of a sense of humour because I saw a video mm. um, that someone posted online because I, I, I totally forget about it until I saw the video but I was trolling him uh, he, he used to carry these, around these little step ladders and uh, going up the step ladders and taking photos from up high and every time he did, I was going up behind him with my vape and blowing smoke between his legs. So he just had a big cock rocket of smoke coming out from the front when he took his photos. And uh, somebody got a video of it, and, um, and he was laughing and smoking. Oh, oh, no, I'm not saying he was a bad person. I'm just saying he'd never met children before. Uh, he'd never. Or, he, or he had loads, and he was just saying, fuck, I'm just going to shout at them. Oh, fuck, it went all the same their days. I get a shout at children as part of my job. I remember very vividly. Probably one, had a great time. At one point, they were handing out spark clothes, right? And I was stood, uh, I think, her name was Amelia she was a five year old and I had to she had her sparkler and I'm like I can't let a five year old just stand there with a fucking sparkler and not not make sure that she doesn't swing this in a fucking direction or burn herself or try and fucking eat the thing and then also realising this is 10pm at night and I have the current brain functions of a five year old or less at one point I'm sitting there I've, t- I've taught her to like I'm like hold your hand out straight you can wave it around a bit but keep always keep your arms sort of locked keep it far away from your face and when it's done make sure that you just I'll make sure that I put it in a bin safely and then cut to about 15 seconds later where 
I was talking to someone very drunk and I just feel this little tiny arm come up and grab my arm and it's Amelia because apparently in that 15 seconds I'd forgotten everything I'd taught her it was as if all the knowledge had left my head and it had been fully imparted onto her because I'd nearly smacked one of my friends in the face and she was like excuse me and I was like yeah 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 no well no, oh, that was I was actually good good yes you've learned well that was all a test you have passed it yeah Amelia it, it was like you said to him right I'm going to be messing up with this sparkler so I'm going to give you instructions on how to teach me how to behave <laughs> And um, so we we did that wedding straight after Amsterdam, which where which some of you were there listening to the live podcast. That was one of the most weirdest experiences in my life. By the way. We shouldn't have done that high. I don't. Well, I mean, we should have because we're in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. We've I got an early flight. The best way. So to if you get was, Amsterdam, you've got to go and have a split flight. You've got to get to the cafe. There's never ever a chance in my life that I'm ever. If I'm ever in Amsterdam for ever what short period of time. Even if you've got obligations. Yeah, I'm having a fucking joint. That's usually my um, my rule with weed is like, you do it when you don't have things to do. Like, I always feel like if you've got shit to do, you've got obligations, and if you get high, it trivialises the things you have to do. You'll neglect them. You'll yeah. not do them as good, or you won't do them at all. And that's how people end up being wasters, right? It's always like, it's like if I do wake and bake, it's usually because I've got nothing to do through the day. Aye. But um, we had stuff to do. Well, a podcast to do, yeah, but again, yeah, but, which we don't mind doing high. But when you're in a room full of people who have never seen the podcast, I just felt it was a little bit better to do it that way because there was a look. Here's what was going to happen: we were probably never going to join. My theory was I didn't think the audience was ever going to join that podcast. I didn't think that we were ever going to join that podcast because they were not fans of the podcast or us. So I figured there's only one way I can guarantee half the party has fun, and that is by us getting high. Yes, and also, I think we did the right thing by talking to the laptop, talking to the recording equipment, right. um, because that way it was like the audience were viewing us doing the podcast the way we always do it. Because yeah. I get put off by podcasts if it's a live one in the performance of the app to the audience. Yeah, because you're like, I'm not there. And you're not there, and I always like, kind of skip past those ones. I, th- I think I think we've done it right, but also um, I got I got an email that, that should have me phone at hand to read it out. But it was an email of somebody who realised they had aphantasia oh, after really? a conversation, just to like fucking ruined everything. Great. It was something on the lines of um, that uh, they ended like two relationships that were solid because mm-hmm. of the partner's visions for their future. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't see my future. I don't see us having a future not that there's anything wrong with what's going to happen with the future I just don't see it so he was like he was like can I ask like, how, how you saw a future with you and Natalie I was like I definitely just trust her <laughs> she seems confident it's just because when she's when she's made calls on things that are going to happen events parties that we're going to things, plans that we make she seems pretty confident they're going to go well I just give I just give her full trust over the rest of my life alright fair um, and so I had to teach people to do Scottish country dancing, and then nobody followed the rules of Scottish country dancing. You have to go in a big circle, otherwise you just fucking. Otherwise, it turns into a game of dodgems. Which one was this at? At the Brett's wedding. Well, did you try it there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did, the, in. did the gay Gordons forward two three four backwards oh, two man, three four forward was... two three four backwards two three four spin 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 double spin double spin double spin double spin. Teach that to a room full of drunk English. People. I was doing it, but nobody was fucking paying attention, and nobody was going in a circle, and it was just fucking. It was like the old fucking Hot Wheels crisscross crash. Just people. I would have totally done that, but I was too busy following the photographer around with my vape for hours. Oh, blow smoke up his arse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and somebody else, um, somebody else tweeted us saying, uh, "With Aphantasia, how do you do you picture your dad jokes?" And I do, I like, I do, but not with pictures. What do you mean you picture them? Well, like do you picture, you know, and can you picture your dad jokes? Well, it's like with me comedy as well. Like I'm telling stories. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I'm creating a theatre for the mind. Aye. For people like oh, actually bring up that. And you know what? That now gives us a lot of. Um, I do realize if I do say something gross. Mm. Or like, like, o- like overly sexual, like anything Aye. that's overshare TMI. I didn't realise I would be bringing up actual imagery Aye. of those things. That's whenever I tell you to like picture your parents fucking, like you actually can't physically picture it. That you can't picture your dad. no, but it's still like weird. You, you can't to even think about it. Aye, but you can't picture like your dad's five and a half inch store coming up that dry cake tarsal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Just like Linda. just like just like you know you know paintbrushes they haven't washed. <laughs> just uh, some of it. But now you're making everybody else picture that. Aye, I'm like you though. They all fancy your mum. So yeah, it's, that, that is just the thing. I think I stressed it enough when we're talking about it. It's like I can visualize and picture things 
and imagine things, but without a picture, a vision, or an image. Mm. And it's also what I was saying about, um, I, was, I was discussing with you over breakfast the other day, it's like, say I know what a chick- a curry smells like. Right. I know what the smell of curry is. Right. And right now... What? You're married to an alley. Yeah, that's why I picked that. That's why I picked that example. Because <laughs> um, my clothes, my clothes stink of it. <laughs> let's let's her <follow> it again. <laughs> um, so right, I know what um, I know what the curry smells like. But right. if I close my nose and try to you- smell margin curry, no, 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 I- you can't smell it. But you know what it smells like. Fine. So say that with, but like, the, but like with vision, there's no image, there's no vision when I imagine it. Yeah, but if I desc- visualize it, but if I were to describe something, if I go, if I describe to you, right, there's a six foot man, right, he's wearing a red hat with a little propeller on it, and the hat says twat on it. He's got a blue and green mustache, blue going from his right nostril, green going from his other one. He's got a little purple beard. It's like a little pinpoint, and it just comes out there, smaller than a wizard's beard, but like kind of one of a magician. He touch you too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, As if you get a suppressed memory. Whenever, whenever, <laughs> you just that's my music teacher. <laughs> when I describe that, can you not? You know what that man would look like, but you cannot see a picture of that in your head. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. So you definitely do have it. You are mentally disabled. But it's it's the thing with a because you say like it's like a picture behind your eyes. Like when you go to taste someone, is there a taste behind your tongue? Like when I when if I do imagine like a, if I was to close my eyes and I picture Pikachu, I can pretty much see Pikachu in my head. Yes. Could you draw them from that? Yes, 100%. Because this is... Um... 100%. If you... Not well, because I'm bad at art, but absolutely, like, I could go, oh, yeah, no, I remember. He's got, yeah, right at the top of his ears. He's got... So when people work. are drawing, it's less impressive. Do we talk... Because we've talked about no, no, this no, so no, much, no, I don't know what we've already said I, on the podcast. I don't, I don't have aphantasia, and I can't draw for shit. I mean, I'm a better drawer than you are. But surely if you can bring up an image... Because I, I, I can draw, like, a fucking... Anything that's there next to us. Mm. Like, not tracing it. But I can copy draw, yeah. Because it's just about like perspective and the distance and everything, yeah. and um, and you can you can copy something. So if you've got like a picture in your mind, that means when you draw it, you're just copying, right? Still not, I mean, one of the things in the article about aphantasia was, is this how you draw a dog? <laughs> and it was like head, leg, leg, sausage, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you just remember the single components of a dog and then add them all together. Yeah, uh-huh, but I can't bring up like a picture of its paws. And I know how its paws would like curl curl over, like it would be like three or four like looping things. Like I know that's what they would be, but then when I go to draw them, I get the perspective all wrong because I can't bring up an image, oh, even I... though I know that's what they would look like. Yeah. Yeah, no, see, that's, yeah. I would, I'm a better drawer than you are, but I'm still a dog shit drawer. And I think that's... Mm-hmm. But I'm ready tomorrow to apply myself a bit more. Should we move on to Muggle Corner? Uh, yeah, is it time for that? I think so. We've done. I mean, I mean, it's hard to tell how much we've done because it cut off before. Um, if you noticed in the middle of Daniel's Sparkler story, it just seemed to cut like we edited out some horrendous thing, which we've never edited anything out of a podcast ever, apart from Nick T- Cody uh, revealed the identity of someone in the SAS. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the only time we've ever <laughs> deleted anything. Old, old Stephen SAS boy. <laughs> yep. Edit that out. Yep. I've got a muggle corner from uh, the Twitter, and I'm going to use it. This is from Zoe. Uh, muggles need glasses, don't wear them, and then complain they can't see. Which is... Are you looking at me? Because I can't tell I'm not wearing my glasses. <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to absolutely fight Zoe's corner. So basically what she's saying, muggles are the type of people... First of all, I'll not even argue muggles need glasses. Like, Like, look... Well, it's just they complaining about it being cold when you haven't got a coat on, isn't it? Well, you wear a coat, you dick. No, but if you had a if you had a natural like genetic predisposition to always be a fucking cold. First of all, as someone who has whatever the step above twenty twenty vision is, I have. I can read things from miles away. My vision is absolutely perfect, and I know it's going to go because both my parents are blind as fuck. But until then, woo, I'm vastly superior to everyone else, right? I mean, if let's be honest, if this was back in the days of hunter gatherers, you'd be dead. You can't see shit. How are you going to know when a fucking predator is going to be sneaking up on you? You can't. I can't oh. even imagine it. <laughs> You'll be screwed. Like, you are one of the... You know, one of the th- great things about civilization is that it means the need for survival of the fittest disappears, which is good, because that's not the way life should be judged. Life should not be judged on who can fucking survive it in the harshest things. It, you know, we all have a fucking right to live and survive. All I'm saying is, if we didn't, you're fucked and you're genetically inferior because you're blind. 
Nah. Yeah. Because you only want your eyesight, so yeah, flight mechanism can kick in. Right. I'll just, my flight mechanism will just kick in. You can't chin, can chin a lion, mate. Nah, that's true. <laughs> you can't, you say what you want, you can't chin a lion. Yeah, but I'm English. What, so you try? Nah, there's just no natural predators, that'd be grand. Aye, but oh, what, no, badger. But what if it was like another tribe with like a fucking spear or bow and arrow or like one of them fucking blow darts? Oh, that's, yeah, so I, so what we're out is my eyes are fucked. Aye. My main's eyes fucked. My brown eye bleeds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the only eye that works is in your name. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise your name would just be car. It's true. Um, so I think, I think, I think. First of all, it's not muggly to need glasses. It's, it's just genetically it's, inferior. It's, it's less muggly. Right? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to deny that it's a muggle corner. If you're meant to wear glasses and don't, and complain you can't see, oh, right. which I do, I have done for the last decade and a half. Yeah, I've just started recently wearing contact lenses, which, by the way, are hard to get out when you're stoned. When you're high and you're wearing, so you know when you get smoking weed, it must it dehydrates you. You get a druth, oh, right? Yeah. Same happens with your eyes, which is I guess why you get like a bit of a pink eye dries. when you're high. Dries, dries, yeah, sure. Dries, dries. Um, then yeah, we contact lenses just seem to stick to my eyes, and I'm trying to like, I'm not pincing them out, not like Matty would. <laughs> Like, no wonder Matty's so good with his contact lenses, oh, it pinces yeah. them out. Um, but, like, I'll, I'll try and, like, nip them. <laughs> that nips hardly, mate, by the way. It is, it is nip, because um, I found the only way I could do it is if I used my fingernails. Oh, gross. And I found myself, like, like, trying to peel out my contact lenses with my fingernails while I'm high. You know, just use tweezers. Oh, God, that would be even way worse. You're using your fucking fingernails, you psycho. They're tweezers. Imagine fucking getting your eyes with tweezers. How fucking... Ugh. I don't see the joke, because you got fucking long-ass fucking... I just cut them today, actually. Did you? Yeah. you got drag nail fingers normally. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've been struggling to get them out. But, uh, so, I've, I've just started wearing contact lenses recently. I, I bought glasses and left them in a fucking hotel. This left it, like, months before I rang and said, oh, by the way, I've been meaning to check in and see if my glasses are there. Mm. Uh, and they're not. And I just think, I, it's just another thing to lose, mm. right? So... Uh, this disposable contact lenses are the best because I've got a day or two of wearing them. I'll wear them every day after that, and then it, it doesn't matter. Like I don't have I to worry about where they are. I still don't understand how contact lenses work, right? Nah. Because glasses make sense to me, right? Because the lenses can either be convex or concave. Convex is when they sort of stick out, which all I guess all fucking uh, contact lenses are because they shape your eyeballs, so they're all convex. But concave. Means it goes in the way. Now, with glasses, that makes sense because you're taking a fucking rectangle and you're like cutting out a little curve into this side of things. Yeah, so when right. the light re- so the, refracts? Yeah, refracts in that way. That makes sense. Glasses, I'm fine with. In what fucking world are you able to make a contact lens concave? It's concave on one side, but if you put it in that way, it's the wrong way. Now you've got to stick it at fucking eyeball. And um, Natalie hated me wearing my glasses when I had them. Right. Like, she'd rather I didn't see than look like I did. Right. Because um, even if they've got, like, nice frames, right, it's not the frames that make me look shit. It's the fact that it really magnifies my eye, my head, and it's, like, one eye bigger than the other, so I just walk around, like... Like a fucking one... emoji. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a dirt face emoji. I stick and tug it so you need. Yeah, uh, I've got, like, one massive eye, and she just thinks I look proper special with them on. But I'm just, like, wondering how that doesn't work with the um, contact lenses. Mm. How does the contact lens not magnify my pupil to make it look like I've got one massive pupil bigger than the other? Magic. It's all Because the it? ecstasy's already doing it. <laughs> I think it's always pointless. And this is, you know, if I could break down what the thing is, it is. It's obviously people who need glasses forget them and then complain about what happened. It's making something that was entirely your problem other people's problems, which I am absolutely guilty of. You are more guilty of it, being the person that just goes, well, audibly announced to a room, I've lost my, as if that's anyone else's problem, other than your own. Many hands make light work. No, if you just looked... In any fucking... But I've lost my glasses. <laughs> Your problem. F- fucking phone them. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that's a legit thing, you know. You should be able to have, like, little devices on all your shit that you can ring. Oh, yeah. Use Friend Finder. I think you can, actually. I think I'm inventing something that already exists because you can get, like, the key rings that you yeah. can find on an app on your phone. But you can't just put you them on... You can chip fun. your dog. Alright. But you can't, you can't just put it on fucking everything. Just remember where you put things down. Or do a more thorough search than just scanning very briefly. I hate the, the the thing I hate the most is if I've lost my phone, and somebody suggested ringing it, and I'm like, when in the last decade has anyone had a fucking ringer on the phone? 
Oh, man, remember the fucking restaurant the other day? Was it you, me, and my parents? Some fucking... Oh, yeah, it was at breakfast. I don't think you were down at this point. Somebody's phone was on loud, which already is the sign of a sociopath. Right? I understand. I occasionally have my phone on loud because sometimes it doesn't fucking vibrate or if I'm watching something... You've got an early lobby call. Yeah, it's on. Which sucks, by the way, right? You've got an early lobby call. You put your phone on loud so that if, like, you ring us from the lobby saying, fucking Kyle, the taxi's here. You've right. missed your alarm. Right? But then fucking Ryan Cullen just spends all night through the night WhatsApping you. Right, just saying, So this fucking cunt, right, this old bitch, she had a phone on fucking loud, right? And it must have been because she was deaf, right? It's the only thing I could do. Because... It doesn't matter what... If I was doing fucking surgery on someone, right? Open heart surgery. If my phone rang, my instinct is to immediately grab that phone and stop everyone suffering the annoying noise that is a ringtone, right? This first thing, oh, well, I, you would die in a surgery. Like, oh, fuck, I don't want to ruin anyone else's day. This bitch, let it ring out. Well, Just she saw it when oh, I'm not answering that. Uh, she saw it and went, oh, no, I don't want to talk. Which, look, I get, I've got plenty of friends who I'll be like, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you today. And not even not even in a bad way, right? I've got some friends, like you, right, who, if I see your name flash up on the phone, I'm like, he's going to have this conversation done with in 15 seconds or less. Yeah. Right? And I'll pick that up every time. But there's some uh, people that will ring you like, uh, can, yeah. right, where I'm like, have I got 45 minutes to take this call? Aye. Right. So, certain people, I'm efficient as fucking a phone call, right? This is the information I need to impart. Do you have any objections to any of this? All right, see you later. Don't care how your day is. If I care how your day is, I'd ask. I'd text. Oh, if I wanted to care how your day is, I'd, I'd assume if it was going badly, Natalie would fucking phone me and be like, all right, he's dead. Yeah, but you can do um, you can do it where you have your phone on silent and you set the alert off with your iPad, like right. while it's on silent. That's that's enough. Um, and also, you can find your phone if it's dark, if someone's just kind of ring it. Like, you'd have it at night and you yeah. go, I would knock out the lights off yeah. and ring it. Yeah, Wherever yeah. the glow comes from. Yeah, yeah. or even the, if you guys, I've got good hearing. If you can fucking uh, hear that, you can sometimes hear the vibration. The vibrate, yeah. Just work it out. Um, but so, uh, Zoe is correct that I am in Muggle Corner mm-hmm. uh, for the crime that she. I would argue. Maybe that, didn't know I, I would about. argue that unless your vision is twenty twenty, you belong in the corner. But obviously, I'm not allowed to say that, so that's not in the corner. But yeah, if you lose your if you lose your glasses. Or for, sorry, don't even lose it. If you're not wearing your glasses. If you yeah, if you've chosen to not wear your glasses and then complain about the lack of sight you have, that is no one else's fault apart from your own. And that information has no no point being in the ether or in other people's heads. So go find your way to your corner if you can, you fucking blind cunts. But I'd like to counter this with another suggestion, which isn't my proposition for Muggle Corner. But the 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 opposite of that, when people who don't need glasses Wear glasses with no prescription. Oh, just as a oh yeah, as a fucking. Or no lenses. It's a yeah. statement. Yeah, yeah. They're just like yeah. No, I just thought they looked nice, and it's like you, just, you don't like that would be. Look, this, it's like this, someone with a full set of hair wearing a wig. Yeah, it always yeah. It, well, no, even in a fucking worst way, it's the equivalent of just being like me, me rocking up in a fucking real wheelchair with spinning rims, I'm, being like, no, nah, I just think they look cool. It's <laughs> like, but but you don't need them. Yeah, but it looks sick. Look, look, they spin. It's been, oh, and by the way, I still want the parking. I've heard that. I've, I'm in the fucking wheelchair. Yeah. Cal- I, Calipas, like Forrest Gump. Oh, I just fucking want it. It's a fashion statement. Right, the Calipas on. It's not for you. I would agree with that. Yeah, if you wear glasses when you don't need glasses, go stand in the fucking corner, you absolute pretentious yeah. sack of shit. But in the 90s, a lot of like gangster rappers and that used to wear bandanas when they didn't have cancer. Yeah, also, if you're not Stevie Wonder, you don't need sunglasses. Yep. Unless it's sunny. <laughs> Which he never knows. Oh, well, he never does. No, apart from when it's hot. Right. <laughs> Either that or standing too close to the microwave. <laughs> Thinks he's watching tennis. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get heat off a microwave. That was a good joke until you thought about it. Do you not get heat off a microwave? Oh, my microwave's fucked. Do you know um, when people talk about nuking their food, I listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about, mm. like, like you know, and it, all it is is friction. It vibrates the water molecules and it's friction. So you like, you have friction in your food, not nuking it. Like, there's nothing. Like, it's it's like, not like, oh, if you went to me, you want me to friction up your meal? I'd be like, nah, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> get your dick away from my food. <laughs> like, this is one of the points where Neil deGrasse Tyson can fuck off. It's like, yeah, we know. We're just, let us have this fun bit, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> buzzkill. He is a buzzkill. So, so you do a fucking meme about science and be like, well, actually, you're like, oh, fuck off, nerd. I was talking about that as well, where he keeps correcting movies and people right. like ripping for correcting the movie. Like there was oh, the one that he did, and I love Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think he's I think he's, a, I think he's one of the best talkers. Oh, and he's he's riveting and everything, and he's a genius, and he's so smart. 
And I love listening to his voice. The one that he did to the really fucked me off, right? He was talking about the movie Titanic, right? So the snake sky was wrong. Oh my god, this fucking dweeb, right? He's right. So I can't remember James um, Cameron who had directed Titanic, right? He went down into the fucking ocean to see the Titanic himself. Like he wanted to get all the measurements of the Titanic correct, right? He got someone fucking design it. He had all the old plans. He wanted it to look as authentically close to the Titanic as he possibly could, right? And Neil deGrasse Tyson's argument was he was like, and I lost all respect for the movie because they were in whatever fucking ocean and the North Star was there and they just made up a bunch of stars. And you go, listen here, you fucking little nerd, right? I'm going to have to shove you in a locker again so you understand that nobody gives a shit. (laughs) Nobody, apart from you, you giant fucking dweeb, has gone, well, actually, I think I'll find Jupiter's out there. Fuck off. Oh, my God. Do you want to know just like our suit uh, joke, like what came good of that years later? Mm. Of that nerdy comment yeah. is that Seth MacFarlane got in touch with Neil deGrasse Tyson when making Ted to make sure he had the exact night sky from Boston on Christmas Day at the end of the movie. Oh, just, oh, I just, <laughs> but like as a as a joke, as in like, oh wait, I'll take it seriously. I don't want Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah, yeah, jumping yeah, on it. Yeah, that's Let's good. make sure we have the correct night sky in Boston. Nineteen ninety six on another point. Like, don't get me wrong. As someone that's like, I understand a little bit. Like, as a fucking comic book reader, like when I watch comic book movies, right? I, I always hate to be the person just being like, it was different in the comic. It was different. You're like fucking yeah, it was. That's why they made the movie. They had to make it translate. I have to try and pull back and just pull it. There's sometimes it annoys me the changes they make. Oh, the one thing, right, I've always I've always been a, like, oh, just let go of the book and enjoy the movie. I've always been that guy, right? Like, even Dark Tower, which is a sack of shit as a movie, right? And a book. I still managed to enjoy it because it was so different. You've read one of the books. I've read three of the books. You read, have you? Yeah. Like, three in? Yeah. Have you done the drawing of the three? Yeah. And you're still not into it? No. Something wrong with you. It's fucking amazing. I thought it was a pile of shit. a great adventure. So, um... So the book was the, the movie was completely different, but I was like, you know what? Like Matthew McConaughey is pretty good in it. Oh, yeah. it, it, it. Like just sit back and just watch this as if it's not called Dog Tower. Oh, Stop yeah. being on your fucking snobby high horse. But um, Gillian Flynn is it Gillian Flynn? Gone Girl. Oh, yeah. I read Gone Girl, and fuck me, that's a horror story, right? Oh, it's an absolute horror story because it's in the heads, right? You're in the fucking heads of the people and what they're thinking, right? The couple. Yeah, when you watch the film. Like Ben Affleck doesn't have the facial range, the expressions to convey what he's thinking mm. in their moments. That like you just think, oh right. So I basically just look at this douchebag's face and trying to but, trying to get everything that I got from the book. See, I'd it's, never, not, it's not going to happen. I'd never read Gone Girl, but I actually quite enjoyed the movie because I didn't know what the fucking twist was, and then I right. watched it and I was like, fucking hell. Anyway, Neil deGrasse Tyson's in the corner. That was the point we were making, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Zoe, for suggesting that Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you if, if you're Neil deGrasse Tyson, have yourself thirty seconds in the corner. All right. I stop looking at the sergeant now. And I do love you. Uh, and I do love you. Please come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Imagine we got Neil deGrasse Tyson on this podcast. One can dream. I know. No. <laughs> can everyone bombard Neil deGrasse Tyson on Twitter asking him uh, to come on our he's podcast? He's done a lot of podcasts that deserve respect, but it would be real nice if he lowered the standards a bit. Yep. Right, what's your Muggle Corner? Uh, this is also from Twitter, but like, I, I put it in Muggle Corner, and they did it and went in Muggle Corner, but I totally encourage it. Okay, Fan art. Oh, yeah, totally. Fan art is so muggly, but I love it so fucking much. Like, not even when it's coming, like, obviously when it's coming towards you because your own ego is like, oh, yeah, someone's done a drawing mm. of us, right? But you know when, like, Cullen was getting fan art? We loved it. And it's like... It just makes him look like a heap of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh, they really captured you well. <laughs> I, uh, from this tour, I've had two bits of fucking fan art, which I have. That was amazing. I have two genuinely fucking say I've kept them in a little plastic binder so they don't get fucking trashed and think I'm going to have them framed because they're great. Like, it's real. One of you was very uh, very much like to the level of artwork in Lock and Key. Aye. Uh, it was like that sort of uh, yeah. the, the style of that graphic novel and it was, and, um, me, it was and me roasting Cupid he had a silver platter with the, the cherub Cupid on oh, it like a hog tied and with an apple in his mouth oh, so he's basically spit roasting a baby is what you were doing oh, exactly oh, well that's what the jigsaw's about that was the real under meaning yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah that's that's a real difficult one because obviously and, but this is again good for the new listeners um, to understand Everyone does muggly things, and sometimes muggly things are good. That's why you do them. But it does not take away the fact they they are 
inherently muggly. Yeah, that, the one that was done for us was just like a picture of us on the road with our picture of us in the car, but then there was an aeroplane that was a joint, was the fuselage of the aeroplane, yeah. and it was uh, it was like hanging a banner saying, are we in the same seats? Yeah. And if you look close to the grass, it had like, you know, Conor McGregor's fuck you pinstripes. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. just like, your dad, your dad, your dad, your dad on the grass. Correct. It was like, just a bit of thought went into it, a bit of creativity, and it was like, I loved receiving it. It was like a buzz. I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Well, yeah, and they, they tagged it with Muggles do fan art. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I do, but please keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have to go stand in the corner? Like, you have to. You have to. But you remember the, the early one when we done the battle rap? Yeah. And someone done a, um, done a fan art of us battle rapping each other? No. Do you know what I was, you, you were, It was like six years ago now. I can't remember it now. But I, I don't think we're receiving enough, Daniel. This is more of a plea than a. Oh, I sent it more fan art, and it can be as aggressively sexual as you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can, can you do some fan fiction fan art, please? <laughs> oh, no, please don't do that. Because I can't visualise it. Can somebody send a picture of me and Daniel fucking? (laughs) (laughs) Just it's worth the Twitter ban. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, we won't report it here. We're not going to be fucking nice. How good was that when you done the? um, We've got we had two tickets come available. The ones that were held for press in uh, Ljubljana, and you were like, can somebody if anybody draws pictures of my penis, the winner gets two. Yeah, if anyone draws the Celestis monster, they get two free tickets. And I loved all the fucking. So many creative drawn tickets. People sent me so many dick pics, but they were all solicited. It's, that's absolutely fine. Yes. Right. Your father. Oh, I need my phone for this. Oh, good. Well, you while you're doing that, uh, I will... Uh... Yeah, plug the rest of the tour. Yeah, plug the rest of the tour. A lot of the dates are uh, sold out. Uh, as I've always sort of said, that we are going to be adding uh, more dates. They're all in sort of works. One of the sh- shows in London is uh, not sold out yet. All the other ones pretty much are. Uh, you can go via my website, but if my website says sold out then do go on to Ticketmaster for those places because I think they've got a more accurate count. Also, if you want to come to any of the sold out ones we've got so far, we were talking to some people in Paris uh, who basically turned up at the venue an hour before the show started and there were some tickets there. That's a big risk and I wouldn't fucking recommend it, but some of you are massive dweebs and you're willing to take that gamble. Because sometimes press tickets are released, sometimes people don't turn up. Um, But yeah, we'll be adding more dates uh, to the tour. Plug my show? Uh, Plug the Kai show. There we are. That's that done. Right. A little bit of admin. Uh, that's on kaihumphreys.com forward slash forward slap <laughs> forward slap yourself in the face. <laughs> and, uh, and use the discount code Muggins and you can get it for cheaper. You right. cheap fucks. Did you oh, not yeah. even get up to get your phone? I went for a piss. You fucking I got idiot. my phone though. Uh, your dad can fart the alphabet. <laughs> your dad wears waders when he's fishing for compliments. <laughs> your dad uses nipple clamps on women who breastfeed in public. <laughs> Your, your dad your dad learned braille especially so that he could read his nipples <laughs> eight years ago your dad shoved the nine of hearts up his ass for a magic trick but he's forgotten to stick a new nine of hearts in the deck and still can't understand why no one has picked it <laughs> your dad got a job as the mannequin in Debenhams but got fired for setting off the burglar alarm every night <laughs> your dad makes minion memes about Brexit <laughs> Your dad says he has depression and anxiety because he thinks it's fashionable. <laughs> uh, your dad uses those elastic candy necklaces, you know, the ones we used to be able to bite half on the oh, yeah. He uses them to hunt spiders in his house, and his YouTube channel is called Small Game Hunter, but every kid in the street calls him Small Game Hunter instead. <laughs> <laughs> your dad learned how to whisper in a helicopter. <laughs> your dad was at our Amsterdam podcast. <laughs> <laughs> your dad is literally everything that we we'll ever do <laughs> my mum and dad were at Kai's wedding uh, they were at Brett and Mary's wedding they're coming to New York they're coming to New York hi yeah they were at Conan with you you are just like you keep going places and you're like oh hi mum hi dad <laughs> <laughs> I do love it it's great right um, your dad says one of my five a day when he drinks cider uh, your dad tried to do the lady in the tramp spaghetti scene but with spaghetti hoops <laughs> Your dad has had a million and one things to do, so he's only just got around to doing his ice bucket challenge. Your dad went to DFS for a new couch, and his only consistent question was, which retains the most smell of thighs? <laughs> your, your dad used a drinking straw to fix an ant infestation in his kitchen. Uh, your dad wears elbow pads during five aside. <laughs> your dad Botoxed his testicles, and now they're as smooth as velvet, but the size of an ostrich egg. 
Oh, I've the, if there's movie with Villa, I can't touch them. <laughs> <laughs> He's played himself. He's backed himself into a corner. <laughs> For those that don't know, Daniel's afraid of velvet. Aye. Like a real fear. It's not fear. Like the same way people are afraid of heights that can kill you, or fire that can burn no, you. No, it's not fear. Or, it's not fear. Or spiders that it's can like kill just, you. Just, it's, like, no. oh, it's like a deep-rooted, ingrained fear. Yeah. Are you scared of hot plates? That's what I mean. Something that can hurt you. Right, but, you're but, you're not, but you're not scared of a fucking hot plate. Okay, this is the argument I was doing, but now you're doing it, so this will be interesting. Right. No, but you're not, you're not scared of a fucking hot plate. You just won't touch a hot plate because yeah. you know, that feels unpleasant. Yeah. Exactly for me and Velvet. For yeah, touch Velvet like, the hot plate actually poses a threat. Oh, but it's, I just, you don't want to touch it. Oh, it's not a threat. It's going to burn my fingers. That's not a threat. That's what I'm getting at. That's not a threat, though. There's no threat. But it's not. But how's, how is hot? How's a hot plate a threat? You're because, gonna die, you fucking. Because pussy. it melts. It melts your skin. Oh, but you touch and you go. Oh, it sends like a message to your brain saying, "Get the fuck out of there!" Right? No. Because it's hot and it can harm you to and it can do lasting damage. A move. Right? Okay. A hot plate. Aye. Exactly like a hot plate. Aye. Like you cook your food on. Aye. It fucking you melt your skin to the stovetop. Oh, right. well, no, no, not like a hot plate like something. Like a hot plate. The way it goes, here's a hot plate. In that plate. case, nah, I'm grand. Like, oh. I get to go, and put oh. it down, right? I, and I could do that with Velvet, I just choose not to. But hold on, but this is the thing. Your brain is getting a message off the hot plate that this could be a danger, right? It's hot, it's oh. past your threshold of heat. The, the velvet is offering no threat. Yeah, right, your so brain, I, your brain is going. Get me out of here. Right, would, would, you, <laughs> would, would you? Would you hold hands with Grassy all day long? Grassy? Aye. Fucking love to. Right, well, with an that's, offer. Well, how, so, right, so how's that not a threat? <laughs> <laughs> I've got the opposite. I don't know when there's a threat. You see a threat when there isn't one. I don't see a threat when there is no, one. Because this is the thing you always put to the fucking velvet thing is I just don't like touching it. I fucking I hate touching it. I think it's, it's a like, very, it's an unpleasant feeling, right? I don't enjoy it. There must be things in life where you go touch how you go, that feels fucking gross. I would not go out of my way to fucking touch that thing. Nothing that, nothing illogical like that. Right, so if I was... Like, Rickett says the belly button one, doesn't he? Like, if you can't I was, touch his belly button. If I was... Or to, he gets nuts. You're like, get out of that If one. I was to fucking chew food for ages and just be like, hold that, you go, oh, I don't want to touch that. No, but even there, there's a part of your brain going, well, that's been in his mouth, there's germs in it. There's like, there's a, there's a, there's a logical threat coming from the chewed up food. Why are you seeing this as a threat? Because you're threatened you want, by velvet. No, no, but no, but that's the way you're fucking pitching it. Like it's you're you're going from the fucking extremes here, right? You're saying either everything is perfectly nice or it's a danger to your fucking life, and there's well, nothing. That's why your body has like there's it, nothing. It, but no, no, primal but, reaction. But it's not a primal reaction. I, you're thinking my brain's going. Oh my god, the velvet monsters here. We're actual fire. That going, is what's happening. That feels gross. I do not enjoy the touching of that. That is no, an unpleasant no, experience. Right? You're the one that's suddenly being like, man, anything I can't touch is an immediately threat to my life anything I can touch I could beat up I'm Kai Humphreys things are black and white I can either beat it up or I can kill me those are the two categories my name is Daniel I'm not going to get harmed by the velvet but I don't like it anyway are you going to watch a movie are you going to watch a movie that you don't like for three fucking hours are you going to turn it the fuck off I don't enjoy you're going to be like no 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 I'm not scared I'm not scared of this movie I'm not enjoying it's not a threat to me I will sit there and waste four hours of my life enjoying this movie that I do because it's not a threat I am Kai Humphreys things are threats or I'm a threat to them black and white only thing nobody's allowed to not like things nobody's allowed to be perturbed by things no 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 it's either fear or bravery right it would be a stupid suggestion if I Kai Humphreys was suggesting actively seek out velvet to touch it for three hours I don't think you should do that with your day, especially if you don't enjoy yeah. it. But don't recoil. Like you, well, touched, you touched it on the tablecloth when everyone went, oh no, it's velvet, I can't touch that. I mean, I mean, I don't like touching it. Well, I mean, oh, oh, not for me. I'm fucking pleasant. It's like <laughs> touching them and going, I don't like, I'm not going to sit there and touch something I don't like and be like, nah, nah, I'll just, I'm not enjoying any of this, but I'll keep doing it because I want Kai to think I'm a big wave boy. <laughs> like, like that's weird. You'll sit there and be like, nah, nah, never scared, never scared, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Fucking black, you're such a Neanderthal with no perspective. I'm the one that would die in the way when you're scared of velvet. Aye, you couldn't fucking see shit from miles away. Couldn't see shit right in front of you. A lion could come up behind you. Oh, it's a good job you've got these 2020 vision so you can use those fucking perfect orbs of sight to look out for velvet, you fucking pussy. I'm not looking out! Oh. Your dad's cock has whiskers so he can check whether it fits in a glory hole before he commits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your dad, uh, I don't know, your dad brought us his, uh, I've got one left. Your dad paper mashed his head and then tried to pop it like a balloon. <laughs> I thought I was still on. <laughs> 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 All right, bye.